everyone, and welcome back to another episode of I Love This, You Should Too. I'm here with my co-host, Indy Randawa, and I'm Samantha Hees. How are you, Indy? I'm doing okay. Just having a having a sleepy day. How about you? I'm doing sleepy as well. You're doing sleepy? I'm doing sleepy. Are you doing sleepy well? Oh, extremely sleepy well. <laughs> extremely sleepy well. <laughs> that sounds like an answer when I would ask my kids when i was teaching uh, like esl i'd we'd have to start off with like warm-up questions like how are you today and then you'd have some of the grade threes who'd be like i'm super sleepy well and you're like <laughs> oh that doesn't always work together but you know what i'll take it <laughs> super sleepy well so indeed today we are talking about your movie pick the girl who leapt through time yeah, it was a movie I had seen only once before, probably about 10 years ago, and I remembered loving it, but I wasn't quite able to put into words what was so great about it. So this was just my second viewing ever when we watched it the other night, mm-hmm. and for me, I think it holds up. I think it is as good as I remember it being, but the question is about whether I still love it or not. <laughs> I love this movie. Did you? I think I love this movie. It's pretty great, isn't it? It's pretty good. Where's our little box for the love it? The verdict is yup. <laughs> yep. You can't see at home, but we're using our patented I love this you should too 3D printed box. Yes. Thanks again, Maria. <laughs> she gets a shout out a lot. I'm not sure if she even listens, but oh, she gets a shout out because should. she made that for me. We talk about her handiwork all the time. <laughs> <laughs> so what did you like about this movie or love, dare I say? I think I liked um, just how, like, different it was. I know that you talk about how uh, I'll come in when you're watching a movie kind of like this and I just, like, won't understand what's going on. And you'll be like, but it's really great because they sing this song over and over again. Oh, she's talking about A Whisper of the Heart when they sing Country Roads in their in Japanese, but they change the words up. And I, I showed her a scene from that, which I loved. I tried really hard to like it. <laughs> <laughs> but that was, that was two minutes of a movie. Yeah. But you could see something like that happening in this movie. And on its own, you're just like, okay, yeah, it's just some girls sitting around chatting. What's great about that? But I think when it's in a package like this, mm-hmm. it can be pretty great. I think... Movies like this need to be seen from start to finish. I don't think that they're oh, they're not like some comedies where you can just watch a scene and like right. get right back into it, um, or just see like a joke and think it's hilarious. Yeah, it relies on creating a, a mood and sustaining a certain feel throughout mm-hmm. the whole movie, and you can't really appreciate that. If you just come in and out, and that's why I had trouble picking a trailer to show for this, because none really encapsulate it, because Uh you need to have these feelings go over this full 90 minutes or so. Right. And I think that this is definitely a certain style of movie that if you watched a lot of them, or if this was like your only genre of movie, I think you'd definitely be a little bit more able to appreciate it um, without having to see it from start to finish and really like immerse yourself in that world. Right. Let's let's backtrack for a moment here. So this I think is classified as an anime film. Mm-hmm. What's your experience with anime? Sailor Moon. I think that's it. <laughs> so I also am not an anime fan. Or maybe I am. I don't know anime. I don't know which movies 
qualify as being anime. I don't think Miyazaki is. I think that's something different. Totoro is the only other, like... Sailor Moon is. Yeah. And again, that's... So the only anime that I have seen is Sailor Moon. I've seen some of Attack on Titan. I've read them all, but I'm getting into the show as well. And beyond that, uh, the other ones I've seen are ones that kind of fit this, which I assume is a subgenre of these like quiet coming of age ones, which I think I gave some recommendations last time, but those ones were like uh, From Up on Poppy Hill, A Whisper of the Heart, Five Centimeters Per Second, Mm -hmm. The Garden of Words. And I think by the titles, you can even tell like, oh yeah, those are probably pretty quiet movies for the (laughs) most part. And they are this type of film. So... You anime fans out there, because I know people who are into anime are into anime. Yes. I don't understand it. It's not that I've seen it and don't like it. I legitimately don't understand. Mm -hmm. So maybe what are some things that we should watch? So you guys out there, let us know. I thought you were asking me, and I was like, I already told you I've only watched Sailor Moon. (laughs) (laughs) So we both love Sailor Moon. Yes. We know that. I love these coming-of-age ones. Sam's getting into them, too, it seems. Yeah. Oh, and Your Name. Your Name's another good recommendation if you like this one. Your Name is so good. You know what? Samantha is a good name. (laughs) (laughs) The movie, Your Name. Okay. (laughs) You will love, I bet, and I bet you'll cry. But it's very good. Uh, But we're not talking about your name. We're talking about the girl who leapt through time, which your name could be like a a very spiritual sequel to this movie. It's like a love story, but it's sci-fi fantasy a little bit too, but it's still grounded in reality. Cool. And has some very beautiful visuals like this one does. Hmm. But um, the girl who leapt through time from 2006, I picked this because I think this movie does something that I hope we do throughout our podcast or it exemplifies something that I'm trying to get across. We kind of have these ideas of like there's high art and there's low art. There's your Oscar nominated pictures and then there's cartoons and superheroes. Mm -hmm. I think that's kind of junk. I think that like the pulpy stuff, your horror movies or superhero movies or romantic comedies. Romantic comedies aren't seen as like highbrow. No. I feel like good ones of those genres are just as valuable as these prestige pictures, which are usually about a white man who died years ago. It's like a a historical, not reenactment, a biopic and stuff. Those ones, your beautiful minds and theory of everything those types of movies are seen as like prestige pictures or your big period pieces those ones are seen as like being important or those artsy movies like uh, like the lighthouse and so what i always like try to do is say that yeah the shining and the lighthouse are esoteric in a lot of ways but if you want to enjoy them on a level of like hey this is fun and like hey it's kind of weird that's just as legitimate as being a nerd like me and looking into the backstory of everything And I think a movie like this, which is a cartoon about a girl who travels through time. Mm -hmm. That's what it is. It doesn't sound like a real prestige picture, but I feel like what successful movies like that can do is it taps into something that's innately human. And that's what good movies of whatever genre do. And that's what makes them successful. And I think that this cartoon about a time-traveling teenager is just as legitimate artistically speaking, as uh, as any movie out there. So I think maybe anime is better than even we think. 
Because of what do you think of when you think of an anime picture? I think of like sexualizing children a lot of the time. Yeah. Girls in short skirts. And then maybe like or action-y type stuff or fantasy type stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fantasy type stuff that like seems out of our age range even. Seems younger. Yeah, right? like like your Dragon Ball Z and like. Yeah, and Dragon Ball Z might be great. I don't know. I've never seen a single episode. Yeah, lots of things in anime like in that you that I would consider anime. Yeah. Are very much things that I feel like are either too young for me or too like out there. It seems like it's targeted at thirteen-year-old boys. Is that yeah. fair? And or really snooty movie people. Wait, why are you looking at me? Because <laughs> yeah, you're right across from me. That wasn't but, directed at you. And I'm not saying that it is definitely targeted at 13-year-old boys. I think that's my conception of it. And I'd love to learn more because that's that's another thing about this podcast is maybe you thought horror movies were a certain way and then I'm showing you some that you're softening on the genre, yeah. right? So I need someone to do that for me for anime. Because I'm finding there are quite a few that I really love. And plus there's that new Netflix one about a cat. Oh, man, I'm going to watch the hell out of that. There's a new Netflix one about a cat? Yeah, there's an anime called A Whisker Away. <laughs> and I saw the trailer and I, I was very excited. <laughs> that does sound like a show that you'd be very into. So maybe I'm a huge anime guy and I don't even know it because I've only seen like five or six. I'm going to come home and you're going to be like... Oh, I'm four anime movies in. Yeah, I'm going to start, like, spiking up my hair. Oh, yeah. Or putting it straight down in front of my face. It has to be one of those two, I think. Right. Those are the anime looks. I think you'd look better with it up. All right, I'm going to do that. <laughs> and I'm going to exclaim a lot. Like, there's always sounds that they yeah. make. They make a lot more sounds. Yeah, Whenever like... you see something, you know, huh? Ooh? Ah. Ah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's what I think of anime. Okay. But now we're going to get into them, right? Into anime movies? Yeah. Sure. I will get semi into anime movies. <laughs> I can't commit my life to it. I'm sorry. Yeah. Although plaid skirts are pretty cute. True. So if you are an anime person that found this, we are coming at it from a very different place. We're going to talk about this movie, probably not in the context of what kind of anime it is, because we don't have context mm. for that. Maybe they're all like this. Maybe this is a big outlier. I have no idea. <laughs> Either way, it's a great movie. What was some of the first uh, striking things to you when we started watching this? You said it seems a little different. What was different about it? Um, The pacing was slow and I liked that in this sense because it really set the scene of her life as kind of a a teenager and as um someone just living their everyday life this wasn't like a getting kidnapped and going on wild car chases it was very much that she's uh like 16 how old is she do you think i would say 16 or 17 17. and this is her life and something crazy happens in it but it doesn't change the path or the day-to-day of her life it just changes kind of her and i like that because it made it seem more magical almost yeah i agree because you watch a lot of teen movies though Mm -hmm. How does this differ from the teen movies that you tend to watch? Not everything's handed to you very overtly. 
I'd say. Like, I think that, like, in teen movies, you, you've you you've said on a couple times when we've watched stuff, like, well, they told me exactly how to feel at every moment based on music or, like, <laughs> yeah. lines in the movie or just, like, a character literally saying, I'm sad. Yeah. So this was a little bit more, like, nuanced and a little bit more hidden on how you should be feeling. And it was kind of a fun journey to go on because there was nothing kind of cueing you unless the characters were saying, like, oh, this guy has a crush on her or, oh, that hurt or whatever. You get to kind of make your own decisions on what the characters are feeling and what the, like, moment in the film is. So often when we watch any sort of movie where the main characters are teenagers, I always ask, like, did the writer forget what it was like? Mm -hmm. Because so many of the things seem not realistic at all. And oftentimes in a good movie, we'll have a scene that goes to the school and the bullies are just like crazy over the top (laughs) and it just doesn't seem true to life. And I felt like this school seemed quite real to me. Yeah, absolutely. With the little clicks and like she wasn't everybody's best friend, but she also wasn't like an outcast. And no one's personalities were so, so strong. Like, mm-hmm. I'm the cheerleader, but I'm also the mean one. Not me. I have a heart of gold. It was like everyone was just kind of regular. Mm-hmm. And of course, some people were like cooler and maybe some people were picked on more, but they didn't seem all that different. And I know when you're in high school, you feel like, oh, there's worlds apart. But re- in the reality, you're all so, so similar. Mm-hmm. In so many teenage movies, the teenagers are either depicted as adults if the film is targeted at teens. Like we watched uh, Dare Me mm-hmm. when they're like shooting guns and having sex in the woods and videotaping it and all sorts Drinking of things. Drinking and driving. Yeah. Yeah. Or they're depicted as children who can't do anything. And those ones are kind of targeted as adults because adults are like, oh yeah, teenagers. They don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> and... There's not a lot of movies that I feel accurately show teens as teens. Right. And I read a lot of YA fiction for uh, for my job, and it seems like adults just forget what being a teenager is like, and I don't feel like that was the case in this one. Yeah, it did feel very, very true to life of being uh, someone in high school. And I think a lot of other teen movies, especially coming-of-age ones, something huge has to happen to them. Like, there's, like, one night that changes their life. Someone Mm -hmm. dies, or it's a big romance. There's not really much of that in here, which is strange, because there's time travel in here. Yeah. So you think that would be the huge thing, but it's not. No. That's not what changes her, really. No. She, like I said, it made it feel kind of magical, because it was, like, her secret Mm-hmm. Almost not everyone could do it. She wasn't getting kidnapped or like thrown into a trunk. It was like her day-to-day life stayed the same. Yeah, it wasn't like there was this crazy situation and then she's like, oh, but I can time travel, so I'm going to save the day. Yeah, there the was crazy no saving the day. No, and the crazy situation isn't even the time travel, really. Mm-mm. She uses it in as mundane of ways as possible, really. And her life doesn't change dramatically, although time travel's introduced. Yeah. Which is crazy, but I love that restraint in the writing because it's still, like, about her character. It's not about time travel. It's about her and her growth. When you think of, like, hunky love interests in teen movies, who do you think of? In teen movies specifically? Yeah. Um, Jesse Bradford from Bring It On. 
Okay. <laughs> That's a little dated, but yeah. <laughs> um, but you have your, your Edwards and things like yeah, that. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like brooding, dark. And they tend to be dangerous like, guy. I wrote down exactly what you just said, so I don't even have to go into oh, that's it. Funny. But they're always like a little threatening at first, but mm-hmm. then we see a soft side to them. And like, why? Why do teenage girls have to feel danger to feel love? That's a weird thing that we're putting into movies yeah. a lot. But the love interest in this Chiaki is just like the most normal teenage guy around. Mm-hmm. He's like kind of a jerk, but he's a nice guy. He means well, but that's how he interacts with a girl he's interested in. He kind of like makes fun of her a little bit, mm-hmm. but he's ultimately a nice guy. And that's that's a nice uh, a love interest to have. That makes sense. That's a relatable one. What do you think about how this movie looked? I liked it. But it cake, was it just me or was it very like monochromatic except for important things? Yeah, I wouldn't say monochromatic, but it's definitely muted. Yeah. Okay, and muted almost is in pastel the best. tones. Yeah. Most things are like grays except for the the sky and the trees are quite uh, quite vivid. Mm-hmm. But a lot of the people are yeah, definitely very muted. And especially when there's that time when time is frozen and then everyone is like quite black and white almost Yes, then. yeah. Um I found that watching that almost made it more soothing to watch. It's a definitely a soothing movie. Yeah, and I found that um, things that were brighter were more important to that moment in the story. So, like um, Chiaki's hair or um, anything like the um, the treats that um, what's her name? Makoto. Makoto. So the treats that Makoto brings her anti witch. No, oh, yeah. Um, they're like bright red and and peaches, I think. Right? Yeah, and uh, it just like it's an important moment because they're having a very important conversation, and I think that the brighter the moment, the more important it was to like the overall plot of the movie. Oh, interesting. I'll have to was watch again <laughs> and see if that's the case. I think I was definitely looking at the visuals, but I wasn't noticing the the difference in the brightness. Mm. I really got interested in the character design Hmm. because they are so whatever the opposite of detailed is there's sometimes especially when we're seeing them at a distance you only get the outline of them Mm -hmm. and then when they're a little closer you can see their mouths but their eyes just don't exist in certain parts and i really loved that it was like they were um like boiling down that character's essence and when they were just standing in the distance you could always tell who was who yeah because they have such great posture and movement Mm -hmm. that's what i really loved about it and i made the mistake of before this reading a few reviews but not like proper reviews just people on the internet like imdb whoever reviews and everyone's like oh this movie looks terrible it looks like it was made in the 90s and first of all there's movies made in the 90s that look fantastic and those were all like such i thought beautiful choices to make things that simple and in that simplicity being able to get so much like you could tell how a character felt just Mm -hmm. by their outline yeah yeah and how their head and their arms and shoulders were placed you could tell a lot yeah and also the character designs all had a little bit of like awkwardness to them Mm -hmm. because they're teenagers so they were kind of like gangly and a little bit off i was gonna say like i think that the way that they drew them was very true to to how teenagers look 
yeah really long legs or too long arms or like your head hasn't quite gotten up to your shoulders yet like and how everyone's outfits seem too big for them yeah or too small yeah Yeah. so i liked that i mean it's not like i we're gonna keep picking on like comedy high school movies but like everyone dresses so sexy and like Because they're played by 22-year-old or 25-year-old people. Yeah, this They're all uh... very self-assured and beautiful at this point. Whereas it's like, no, there there is an awkward phase there. And it is usually between, like, age 15 and 17. So it's like, they, they, they looked like teenagers. Yeah, they're not all jacked CW teens on With, this. With, like, blowouts and extensions. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I think maybe the exception would be Akosuke, but he's, like, kind of, like, a jock and really smart and Mm -hmm. stuff. So it makes sense that he's, like, a a bigger guy. Yeah. One of the things I loved most about this movie that I could remember from my very first watching is the the scenery and how there'd be shots that are, like, almost stills. They almost look like paintings because you just have the background and someone maybe slowly moving forward. Did Mm -hmm. you like those? I did. Um, One of the things that I really liked was um, when she was... So when... Sorry. One of the things that I really liked was when she uh, would be walking towards the train down that hill. It seemed like... They always made it seem like it was a very busy place. And you could hear everybody talking. But if she was, like, pausing for a moment or um, if she was flying through the air on her bike, everybody else was still, but you could still hear them kind of talking. Talking and the noise in the background and I really liked that because it really focused the moment on her flying through the air yeah we could talk about the sound a little bit because mm-hmm. I made a point of saying at the beginning of this one sometimes we watch things just with the the tv audio and sometimes I we turn on the big surround sound system yeah and I said like we have to watch this with the surround sound and it made such a big difference yeah. because the sound design in this movie is is beautiful. It's some of the best sound design I've heard, let alone in a in a cartoon. Mm-hmm. And coming into this movie, if I had been watching it alone, I don't think this would have been one that I would have turned the surround sound on for, because usually that's like really multi-dimensional movies that have lots I think of like action movies, action and... movies, and you want the bass and you want like to be able to hear what's going on kind of around you for that like full effect. This would not have been one of those movies, but I definitely agree that the sound of like the cicadas and just the background noise really kind of puts you into that moment. I remember very early on, I kind of just like tapped you on the leg and I said, this sounds like Japan. Mm-hmm. They did such a good job of... You said it's so nostalgic. Yeah, I really am. <laughs> this movie makes me nostalgic. Because <laughs> I spent a lot of time in like suburban mm-hmm. Japan where this kind of takes place where like, you're in the city, but then they're leaving it and going through those trees and hearing those cicadas. They did such a good job of elongating this one feeling like this Mm. feeling of a summer afternoon and the movie kind of does take place almost all on that one day yeah but it really feels like this is a sustained moment Mm -hmm. and i guess that's what the movie's about it's about her trying to sustain a moment for as long as she can and ultimately failing but the movie does a really good job of just making you remember maybe even if even if you're not used to those types of sounds it taps into something about like a moment maybe that you have experienced in your childhood mm-hmm. like of a summer day yeah like going out with your friends playing baseball or whatever it is mm-hmm. and extending that through the whole movie and i think the sound was such an important part of that because it was simple in a lot of ways but then so well done and effective when they would change it 
because you had that ever-present cicada or the piano music Mm -hmm. whenever it stopped because there's only a few moments of silence yes and when they happen you're just like what's going on you feel like not at ease because you're taken away from your your summer childhood afternoon and now you're in a new place and it's usually to do with the time travel Mm -hmm. or like impending death right yeah um I definitely agree with what you said about it kind of reminding you of like an idyllic summer afternoon. And I think that that is one of the beautiful things about this movie because it does put you at ease and it's very relaxing. And they often used establishing shots more than most movies do because sometimes like there's movies that don't even have establishing shots these days. It's madness. Can you tell us non-film people what an establishing shot is? (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh... If this TV show of us right now were to open, you would have a shot from an exterior of the building we're in. Mm-hmm. And then you would cut to us sitting at a table, usually a little bit wider, and then you get tighter in. Because if you start with just like a close-up, although sometimes for a dramatic effect you do that, but you don't know where that person is, like what country this is or right. anything like that. Okay. This would do that, but they would have a shot of the school then there would be a shot of books and then someone writing on a chalkboard. They would have like nine establishing shots because they're not just establishing the location. They're establishing a mood Mm -hmm. in those times. And I I really enjoyed that. And I think that's another thing a lot of people didn't like about this movie. There's like, why is there 20 seconds of silence with like people writing in their books? Because that's what those people are doing, and that's mm-hmm. important to get the the feeling for those for those lives. And it's very important too, right? Like, I it's it's a film that shows a very normal life, and I think that showing the test writing or the note taking or her putting away those books, like I think that that is really important to setting up what these characters' lives are like. Absolutely. If this was a teen comedy, they'd just be passing notes in class. Right. And you'd have like five minutes of class in the entire movie. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I think that also makes the, like the crazy things in this movie, like the time travel stand out all the more when we're kind of into the minutia of their lives. Mm-hmm. And I know you'll probably never get you fully on that transcendental style of filmmaking, but this is like a nice happy medium oh. where it's not like, Every shot lasts half a second, like so many movies these days do. It's just like, flash, 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 yeah. flash, 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 But at least you don't have to sit and watch someone sit in a chair for five minutes like some of those movies. Or wear a sheet yeah. for an hour. <laughs> I'm referencing a very specific movie, but I can't remember what it's called. It's called A Ghost Story. Right. I kept thinking ghost, but that's not this movie. No, ghost is, is fun in a different way. <laughs> I haven't seen it. You haven't seen Ghost? No, but I, like, culturally know of it. You know about ghosting. Yeah. How to ghost someone. You stop talking to them? No, you come up behind them and put your hands over theirs and help them do whatever they're doing. I think you have an outdated definition of ghosting. Nope, that's what it is. It (laughs) works best with clay, but also other times. I think we talked about this, like, maybe in the last two weeks, actually. That's funny. (laughs) Um, But let's go back to... uh, to the, the, the stillness of this movie, because that's one of the things I like so much. I also liked how the shots would keep going after the action's over. Mm-hmm. Like, sometimes someone would walk away, and then the shot would continue for an extra three seconds. So yeah, you see that space. like that empty space. Oh, I love that. And normally in movies, 
I'm so angry when a shot lasts a second too long. Mm -hmm. But then this movie, it just, it fits it so well. Mm -hmm. I think it's because you're already introduced to the, like, minute to minute of her day. And it doesn't seem like a burden to watch an extra three seconds because that's just kind of what's happening in the room. Yeah. And when was the last time you saw, like, any movie, let alone a cartoon or something targeted at teenagers, where there's just 30 seconds of silence? Like, without anyone talking, it's just little shots. Yeah. And I love that about this. Me too. It was was a very soothing movie for that, from that aspect. It gives everything room to breathe. And I think, actually, the last time we talked about a Japanese movie was about a year ago when we did My Neighbor Totoro. Yeah. So, hey guys, if you're new anime fans that are listening to this who normally don't listen to us, go listen to that one. It's a good Totoro is probably one of our best episodes, or most popular. It is. People love that one. Yeah. I wonder if anyone will listen to this. <laughs> this could go either way. Um, but what I was saying is, when we were talking about that, I talked about how Miyazaki had this idea where he would, like, clap after the action to show like give everything time to breathe Mm -hmm. like there should be a room for someone to clap and then you get over the noise of the clap and then you can move on to the next thing right and like there's this concept of ma that i've been really getting into (laughs) because of course i always get into weird things like this (laughs) but if i may read a definition yes the japanese concept of ma is something that relates to all aspects of life it has been described as a pause in time an interval or emptiness in space. Ma is the fundamental time and space life needs to grow. If we have no time, or if our space is restricted, we cannot grow. These principles are universal. When applied effectively, they enhance the way we think and how we engage with our surroundings. So like people really believe in this as like a life philosophy. Mm-hmm. I believe in it as like a filmmaking philosophy. Right. I was going to say, is this off filmnerds.com? No, it's not even related to film at all. <laughs> Um, yeah, that, uh, that's a good way to kind of put this whole movie. And I love that the, uh, how Ma is written, it's the symbol for door and the symbol for sun in it. So it's like giving space for sun to come through your door. Mm. I don't think that's actually how it's, I don't think that's how things are designed. It's kind but of beautiful. It's nice in my mind. I like that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm into that description and I think that we should just go with sun coming through your door. And those shots of the clouds were some of my favorites. Mm -hmm. When it would just be like a cloud kind of blooming for a moment or two. Mm -hmm. I feel like the people making this, someone had the same like habits I do of just stopping. And I do that a lot. I think it comes from photography where you stop and look at something and kind of find beauty in the mundane or things that normally Mm -hmm. aren't described that way. And those shots of like just a train going through the countryside where... We're really good examples of that. Yeah, absolutely. I kind of felt it was like, if you go to uh, symphonies or operas, there's that sound. And I'm sure there's a specific name for it, but when the orchestra just kind of tunes and it all kind of like rises Mm -hmm. and falls together. That's one of my favorite parts of either going to see something, like anything with a live orchestra, right? I I attribute it more to ballet. Those like that first kind of pull on the bow of all the string instruments and everything. um, It's just like, it gives me shivers. Because I think that's so beautiful because it's, it's a pause but it builds anticipation as well. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what all of these little, like, nine establishing shots, that's what it does as well. <laughs> yeah. It puts you in the mood, but it also builds a little bit of anticipation. Mm-hmm. For sure. 
There has to be a name for that, though. I think. Yeah, all you band people, let us know what it's called. That sound when the orchestra all kind of like tunes together. Tunes? That's not really what it is, but yeah, you guys yeah. know what I mean. The thing I think about is like the beginning of the Nutcracker because I've seen that ballet so many times that there's just this like pause where they tune and then they launch into the overture and it's just like it's just like a moment where you're so comforted because you know exactly what's gonna happen next and it's like. I think of something in the very similar vein of how it makes you feel. Uh, the PlayStation 3, when you turned it on, mm. it would go. Mm. Absolutely. That is a good, like, kind of explanation for that. Because, yeah, you know, like, you're going to do something fun. It's the only reason you turn the PlayStation on. Wow. Good job, PlayStation people, to pick that as your as your noise for startup you know what else it's like remember during the bring it on episode when i said that the universal logo always reminds yep, me of watching bring it on thing. that's exactly what i think of every single time i hear the universal logo. and we watch a lot of movies and i think that the universal logo startup that dun, 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 it's like every single time i'm like are we watching bring it on yeah is that I'm or like, like the fox fanfare for star wars yeah so many of those well, we've talked about a lot of stuff, but we've never really talked about this movie a whole lot, like specifically, actually. Yeah. So let, what are just some fun little bits you liked from this movie? Um, I liked their day-to-day -day life. I liked that you saw them going to school. I liked that you saw her kind of fighting with her sister. One of my favorite bits is that she goes back to get that pudding. Yes. I love that interaction with her sister or when her sister thinks she's going to kill herself because she ate her pudding. Yeah. That was so funny. Um, I liked that you got some moments where you see that she's not in the mindset where she has like a crush on her two guy friends and that that is such a like kind of wholesome relationship until she realizes she has a crush on one of her guy friends yeah. but but there's no pining in there's this no movie. pining there's no her trying to impress him it's very much like she wants to make sure that everybody's happy and she wants to make sure that everybody's like getting everything out of life so i really enjoyed that that she didn't like dumb herself down or like do something ridiculous in order to get him to like her which we usually see in yes, these types of movies. Exactly. One of my favorite sequences is nearish the beginning where she is a time traveler at this point, but she's just having fun with it. Yeah. And we get this montage of her like playing baseball with her friends and just hitting home runs off of them yeah. because she knows what pitch they're gonna throw. Or she just changes time so she can eat what she wants. Yeah. Or she just sings karaoke for ten hours. Right. Those that part was so much fun. And for a movie that's, we're talking about how still and quiet it is, there's a lot of laughs in it. There too. is. Yeah, we absolutely both laughed. And it was fun to watch her just being a kid with it. Because I feel like time travel movies, just as a whole, there's always some good looking person who's like 20-ish and they just struggle under how to use it responsibly whereas she's 17 she doesn't care about using it responsibly this is so new and exciting and she just goes for it she does what any kid would do who has time traveling powers and she just uses it for fun and then she figures out how to use it in her life and then she runs out of like ability and even Chiaki says later that, oh, I was so worried that so that I lost this time traveling thing because 
anyone could have it and they could do the most terrible things. Luckily, some idiot got it and just used it to like <laughs> sing more songs. Sing more songs yeah. and play more baseball. And that's just a part of the innocence of this movie and that character uh-huh. because, yeah, of course she would. From what we know about her, that's what she would do. Yeah, absolutely. I also loved, remember the shy girl and her two friends? Yes. That was a lot of fun too. I think I didn't care for her the first time I watched it, but this time I saw how her two friends interacted. Yeah. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. I I definitely think that they added something to the story. Because if everyone's the same character, which those three friends are very much the same, they're, you know, coming into themselves, they're, you know, not hormonal and crazy. And so having these two or these three younger girls is just like, it's funny. It breaks it up. It shows you that, like, the grades do interact with each other. And it's like, it just adds to the story and adds to the, like, realness of it. And there's a lot of good friendships in this, too. Like, those two girls with the shy girl. Yeah, they're a little over the top, but they're looking out for her. They're trying to do everything to make sure that, like, she gets what she wants. And Mm -hmm. that was a lot of fun. Yeah. And then the three of them are, the main characters, are are great to watch. Kosuke is such a good guy. Mm -hmm. I love that dude. Yeah. He's, like, really smart. He's, like, I think kind of like a jock guy, too. But he's just always looking out for everyone. Yeah, I love that. That was... Both of those guys just wanted the best for her. Yeah, they're just... And each other. Supportive, nice friends. Yeah. And early on in the movie, I also really enjoyed the scene where she thinks she's going to die. And you hear all the things flash through her mind. And it's not like the cliche of your whole life flashes through your Mm -hmm. mind, through your eyes before your death. It was she thought about the things she would have done that day only. Like, I would have been up a little earlier. I wouldn't have burnt the the tempura. Yeah. Little things like that. Because that kind of sets up the type of person she's going to be. Mm -hmm. And the type of person she is going to be throughout the movie is someone who does not have a lot of foresight. Who doesn't really use this gift she has for any, like, real gain. Mm -hmm. She just uses it on the present To have someone who time travels but never wants to do anything more than like five minutes worth. It's very strange, but it was so funny. It's funny to go back and back and back exactly the same day over and over and try and just fix things. So in the end, we end up with the movie ending the same day it started. Which is crazy. Even though the months go by at one point, I think, or at least a while goes by. Weeks, maybe. Mm Mm-hmm. So then what do you think this movie is about? What is it saying if you uh, could boil it down like that? Oh, God, I don't know. That's I like, honestly, that's hard to say. That's it's like a time traveling movie. And it's about kind of coming of age and figuring out what you want. But I don't know that there's like a certain thing that that like it could be about. Do you feel like it has a take on coming of age and time travel and that because i think to me at least they kind of used one to say something about the other Mm -hmm. because this isn't about someone growing up super fast with one big event like lots of coming of age stories are it's about them not wanting to grow up and doing what they can to stop it and Mm -hmm. ultimately failing and realizing that it's something that they'll just have to do yeah because she doesn't use this to change herself like, usually in a movie like this, especially like a teenage movie, I don't know why 13 going on 30 jumped into my mind, but I'm a big fan. All the movies. But it's about wanting to grow up faster, right? Yeah. It's about wanting to change who you are and not being happy now, but things are going to be better in the future. Mm-hmm. This is 
the only teen movie I can think of where the person is like, I just want to be here forever. Mm-hmm. And she's doing everything she can to just elongate this this summer. Even her turning down Chiaki when he was asking to date her, or at least avoiding it, I don't think it's because she doesn't like him, because clearly she does. She doesn't want to upset the balance that they have. Yeah, she likes what they have. She likes their situation. She doesn't want anything to change. And I think that's why earlier on, she also doesn't want Kosuke to have a girlfriend, because then that would change the balance, and she just wants things to continue. And I think the biggest depth of growth is represented later when she tells Kosuke to invite those girls to play baseball with them. Right. So now, like, the situation's all different. Chiaki's not there. And she didn't have to, like, come to terms with the relationship or, like, take a big leap and kiss someone. She had to make this really small little thing and invite some people to play baseball and realize that the relationships could change. That's kind of her growth. Uh-huh. And it is really big internally, but it seems so small on screen. But that's that's life, right? Uh-huh. You can't make things perfect. You can't keep things the same forever. And that's kind of the story of it. It's so small and obvious, but it's not something that's dealt with in films very often. Yeah. Yeah. You said it way better than I could have. So <laughs> I'm going to leave it there with that because I think you really explained how I was feeling about it too. Good. You win. <laughs> What do I win? Podcasting. Oh. <laughs> Does it come with a cash prize or at least some cookies? Um, yeah, I'll get you some cookies. <laughs> We've somehow talked about this movie for so long and talked about very few specific events. Yeah. But it is about the feeling more than the events. Very much so. And I think the events are so repetitive in this. And there are such small changes every single time that it makes it less like almost interesting to talk about the events of the movie. Right, and you've all seen it. You should have seen it. Anyways. You've all done your homework and you've seen it. But one thing I think we have to talk about is is the ending of the movie. So first of all, do you like the ending? Yes, because I feel like she accepts her life. She is happy and she can help one of her friends get to the place that he needs to be. Do you mean Kosuke or who or her or Chiaki because she's helping him get back to his like home time? Yeah, Chiaki. Um, and I think that she kind of that's the moment where she almost comes of age because she uses the gift like kind of unselfishly. Yeah. First, I wanted to say that I usually hate time travel movies because there's so many paradoxes. Yeah. And then I always just say, no, actually, you can't do that. I know actually the movie's into to death. <laughs> but this one. I thought about it and it holds up because at first the one thing is how can she have one more free time travel thing but he went back to before she used that one when Chiaki used his last one. Right. So that's why she had one Yes. More. When Chiaki left the first time and just kind of walked away did you think that was it and he was just gone for good? Yeah I did. And then when he comes back was that disappointing that they don't kiss? Um not disappointing, just unexpected. Because I kind of expected it to be like other time traveling movies when uh, you kind of lose characters and people are like, oh, where'd they go? Where'd they go? I haven't heard from them. And then people just kind of like move on and they stop, they stop questioning things for the sake of the plot. But this was like, she questioned it and she tried to figure out how to get back to him and like t- to help him. 
Oh, right. I forgot about that time. I meant <laughs> that. Yeah, definitely. But when he walks away from her the one time and she starts crying and then he comes back. Oh, And yes. just kind of yeah, like yeah, yeah. ruffles her hair. Yeah. That normally I'm always like, yeah, they shouldn't kiss. Like we always just want the two giant heads to kiss on screen. But this time I kind of didn't want them to. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I think it was a little bit more. I keep saying like age appropriate and like of that age group yeah maybe it's more fitting because they'd never kissed before they didn't have a previous relationship like that and i think them kissing then would just be like really out of character for them yeah and i guess this version of chiaki never admitted his feelings to her Mm -hmm. so he doesn't know that she reciprocates and she wouldn't tell him that right he kept saying like what else did i say and she never said that so i guess he's still like a 16 year old boy who's like well I, I don't know if she likes me so i'll just do this so i guess it makes sense but at least a hug a little more maybe i don't know <laughs> you felt unfulfilled in that moment i just wanted them to come together yeah. a little more i just think it's very like the rest of this movie very realistic i That's think true. i think about myself with you know even if you have a crush on that person your first instinct isn't going to be to kiss them no yeah if you think of if you, your first kiss yeah. or your first crush, you didn't just walk up and you kiss them. Kiss them in the hallway. And no. This isn't a teenage comedy. It, it's very kind of innocent and pure because it's very kind of obvious from the start of the movie that they haven't had relationships like that before mm-hmm. with other people even. And so the first thing that they, like the first instinct would not be for them to have that like romantic movie kiss. Yeah. And I guess that just fits in with all of this movie, mm-hmm. right? That... You're not going to get the thing that you want as an audience member a lot of the time, but you're going to get the thing that these characters would do. Yeah. Everything they do seems very much in character. Yeah. And this this too, even if you don't like it, you're like, yeah, that's what they would do. <laughs> I agree. And I that's one of the things that I really liked about this movie. Well, what do you think about the bit where he says, I'll wait for you in the future. And she says, I'll come running. I think she's going to try and time travel again. How? I don't know. Or she doesn't even know, probably. She doesn't even know, but I think she's just referencing the fact that they can both time travel, and that's kind of how she figured out how to do it, was by running into it. I don't know what I think. I don't know (laughs) what I think will happen in the future. So right now, I was just looking at the, uh, the Wikipedia page for this, and it was not really based on a novel, but it was kind of a sequel to an existing novel. Oh, yeah. Want to hear my theory, which is, now that I think about it, quite possibly true? <laughs> yeah. The ant has time traveled. Is the ant... Ant which? The little girl? This girl? Yeah. Then I just thought about that. Okay, first of all, <laughs> let, let, let's walk through this. Step one. <laughs> so first, what I think is actually in that book. I've never read the book, but my theory is that it's her love story, mm-hmm. Ant Witch, and when she's a kid... And I guess it's similar to this. And that's why she's not surprised by the time travel or anything like that. She goes, yeah. oh, yeah, I time traveled once. And like, yeah. oh, you're time leaping? Yeah, yeah, I know about that. Yeah, I th- I felt like anti-witch. And like, that's why I think that she is the same person. Is the thing that I think that she's done this, she's gone back in time because I thought that she was not as helpful as she probably could have been. She wanted her to kind of figure it out. She wanted her to not try and do anything like super drastic or dramatic. And I think that she wanted to not kind of 
ruffle the time ripples by helping too much. At first I was just like, oh, her aunt has also time traveled. But then within a second, just like you did, I made the leap to like, wait a minute, is that the same person? And I don't think so but there's so much that makes sense if they were like what about the the painting business yeah makoto promises him that i'm gonna take care of the painting for you and the end is restoring the painting yeah and makoto says like oh i know what i'm gonna do for a profession now i know what i want to do with my life Mm -hmm. and if she both solved the time traveling and going into a career to take care of that specific painting Mm -hmm. then she would just be her aunt That's what I thought. And that's why the aunt doesn't do anything other than listen because she doesn't want to, she doesn't want to influence her niece or herself Mm -hmm. to do anything specific because that would be interfering too much in her, like her own timeline, basically. She'd be crushing butterflies. Is that what it is? (laughs) The the old butterfly effect? Yeah. Yeah. So, but that one does introduce a time paradox. Mm -hmm. Because if she has to tell herself to do something, she wouldn't have... I don't know how to explain it, but it's like the killing your grandfather thing. You Mm -hmm. can't kill your grandfather because then you won't be born, but then there'll be no one to kill your grandfather. So your grandfather's alive. So then you'll be born, but then you kill your grandfather. Like it can't... Both (laughs) things can't be true. It's too much, man. So in this case, if her older self has to push her younger self to do a certain thing... Mm then her older self would have already have done that. So therefore, she wouldn't need the push. So she wouldn't be there to push herself. And then she wouldn't do it. So it doesn't... It's a paradox. Yeah. But like that happens in movies all the time. This one is kind of free from them for the most part. Yeah. Except you could say that how Chiaki uses time travel, we don't know about. So all of his stuff is up in the air. Mm -hmm. Because he can like pause time. Right. And properly travel, not just leap like she does. I was doing a leaping pose. But I think that the gram, although I don't think the ant is her, I think there's a lot of credence in that theory. And I think the ant has time traveled. What if Chiaki was her love interest and he did the same thing to her and said like, oh, that painting. And that's why she's restoring it. But it was a different person. It just happened when she was 16. But to him, that was last month. Oh, yeah. yeah. And she does go out of her way to say, you're a different person than me. She says that, which is odd, because normally you wouldn't say that to a person unless they are, in fact, you. So maybe that is. But she says, you're a different person to me. I've been waiting for this person to come back to me. Mm -hmm. Just like Chiaki says to Makoto, wait for me. That's why I thought they're the same person. That makes sense. And she's like, (laughs) I waited. You won't make that mistake. You're going to go and get the person. You're not going to wait. Yes. Which makes me think... That the thing she's convinced herself she's going to do now is invent time traveling. Maybe she's going to go into the hard sciences and she's not going to be someone who's just going to wait around for that guy. Yeah. She's going to go find him because she's going to invent time travel. (laughs) That's uh, that's quite the theory. But that kind of makes sense. It It makes as much sense as any of it. Exactly. I think that I like this movie because it lets you make your own mind up. Yeah. And also... I think a lot of people hate the ending because it's unclear. And all of this movie, though, is just kind of like that. And it doesn't matter, I feel. Uh I'm fine with it being open-ended, not because I don't need closure and I just like open-ended stuff, which I kind of do. But I like that that's not what this movie's about. It's about her character. And we're 
certain in who she is at the end of this movie. Yeah. That's what I need to be clear. Mm -hmm. I need to be clear in who she has become, how she's changed, and what she wants. And that's crystal clear to me. Yeah. So if I don't understand how time travel works, that's not the important part of this movie. This movie about a time traveler is not about time traveling. That's not what it's concerned with. Hmm. Hmm. I think we need to reflect further. Yeah. On what the ending means, because... Oddly enough, I didn't spend a lot of time thinking about it because I just wasn't concerned with it. Because the movie didn't seem terribly concerned with it. But of course, her inventing time traveling would also be a paradox. She needed a time traveler to encourage her to invent time traveling. So you couldn't... It's another... Another grandfather paradox. Hmm. It's a fun one, though. I like that one. (laughs) I like that she invites... Invents time traveling. Yeah. Yeah. She's the mother of time travel. Well, we're curious to what you have to say. If you have a theory on the ending or just any thoughts about it, uh, let us know. But what do you think about this movie overall now? I really liked it. It was so different. It was so different from what we usually watch and like the emotions and everything. It was very um, refreshing and cool. You know, I've only brought you one Japanese animated feature a year thus far and you've really liked both of them so I'm feeling <laughs> confident in the next one I do am I am I a fan I think well just like me I've seen so few anime yeah. films and the ones I see like even the ones I don't love I'm like oh that was really good yeah the cat returns I just watched rewatched again recently so good yeah, I think that I think that I'm gonna have to maybe watch a little bit more anime and then make a decision. Well, you still have one more Miyazaki this year, probably, because I would do so many Miyazakis, but you know, I had to get everyone in there. <laughs> yeah, true. Well, yeah, I think uh, so many people might not be interested in a movie like this, but you should be. Give it a chance. Give it a chance. It's probably different than what you are expecting, which is also why I'm going to watch more anime because maybe it's different than what I'm expecting because I love this. Yeah. If you want to see a movie that's about time travel yet still so grounded in reality, a movie that's about teenage girls and dating yet still has moments of complete serenity and just shots of clouds blooming... If you want a bunch of like disparate parts that maybe you wouldn't think make a great film, but somehow come together and make something just just beautiful, mm-hmm. then check this movie out. Do it. It's a very good. Well, that's all we have to say, I think, about The Girl Who Leapt Through Time, the 2006 version. Let us know what you think and how can they reach us, Samantha? Um, so you can find us by emailing us at I love this, you should, and the number two at gmail.com. You can tweet us in however many characters Twitter gives you, or you can find us on Instagram at ILTYS and the number two. And you can find us on Facebook and leave a discussion topic for everybody who follows our page at i love this you should too dash podcast let us know and coming up next episode we're getting into oh do do you feel that (gasps) the chill it's a chill in the air (gasps) someone just touched my shoulder ah ah because next week is spooktober spooktober 
So what we do all month in October, we're going to be talking about all spooky movies, spooky maybe books or something, TV shows as well. Yeah. But we're going to have two feature presentations as well as some picks of the week. So join us next week when we will have some picks of the week for you for setting the mood this spooktober. And Samantha will have a big pick for a movie we'll be watching the week after. So you get four spooky episodes coming up. Please join us for those. And I'm taking a different approach this year for Spooktober. So you'll have to tune in and see what we're doing. All right. We'll see you in Spooktober, everyone. See you in Spooktober. You can let us know what you think in long form by emailing us at... (coughs) How do you spell that?